So, okay, I'm going to start off by saying this tease is a little personal. Uh, the Taj Mahal, or one of the Taj Mahals of Seattle's broadcast facilities, is sold. The COVID crisis we all are dealing with is bad enough, right? So what makes this guy use it as a shameless and dangerous self-promotion? We'll talk about that. And Keith has some sad and kind of tough recruiting stories that he's going to share with with all of us. Keith and I are back for the Thursday edition. Uh, Keith is Keith Samuels in the little letterbox here from the hills of L.A. Keith is grinning a lot because his Trojans were extremely successful over the weekend. And he rubs it in every time he can because they defeated the Cougs. And we can't say go Cougs around here without running into all kinds of problems. So we're here with opinions and some rude comments. I'm Jackson Weaver. And for Thursday, September 23rd, this is Media Insultant. Hey, Keith. Good morning. Hey, I got a question to ask you. It doesn't have anything to do with the Trojans or the winning game you had over the weekend over the Cougars. But are, do you enjoy going into these old radio and TV facilities? Are you as much of a geek about that as I am? Yeah, I still am. I mean, I'm a sentimental fool when it comes to all that. And, you know, because, you know, we grew up in the business when there were big facilities for radio stations and television stations it was a big deal you know they had studios and security and you know locked doors and soundproof walls and glass and things and uh, uh you you had this experience and i did too my, you know my first radio job was where there was uh you know it was was columbia square here in los angeles and we've talked about that, you know, last fall. But you know, it had uh, Channel Two, the television station, then called KNXT, now KCBS uh, TV, and uh, it had KNX News Radio, which was the, a monster AM station. And you know, that was a massive operation. And it had our little FM station, which was you know half of the, which is basically the third floor of the building. And the building also had Columbia Records. So this was like entertainment business right here in fact you know i'd leave work in the afternoon and i'd stand in the back of the tv newsroom and watch the news before hitting the freeway to go home i mean you were part of show business it was a big deal we had our own building now that building columbia square fortunately was deemed art deco important and still exists but they've redeveloped it into mixed use and now it's condos apartments a restaurant and a high rise in the old parking lot where i used to have my space with my name on it but i you know but that's kind of where it's all gone with these old broadcast facilities because we don't need that much space well and in this market the facility i'm talking about here uh, bonneville used to own a couple of tv stations both in portland and in uh, and in seattle and in the 60s, they built these showplace facilities, and they literally took an entire city block. And a city block in a market like Seattle is a substantial hunk of property. They housed hundreds of employees, just like you did in L.A. They didn't have, they didn't have the record company and the extensive number of radio stations, but still TV, AM, and FM, and all the support services. Well, those days are coming to an end, and uh, Cox bought the stations in Seattle here for, mm-hmm. from Bonneville a few years ago. And in the late 90s, they developed their digital strategy, which was before broadband was cool, and, and I headed that effort up. So I got an office on the 
third floor of that building. And I'll talk tell you, talk about an underutilized building. We rattled around in that third floor. It was just, it was amazing. We had three conference rooms and executive suites with views down over the city. I mean, but because there was so much empty space, it's a 60,000 square foot building. Um, and by the time when I got there, the, one of the TV studios was used exclusively for storage, which is a waste of space. <laughs> and half the first floor contained videotape copies of every newscast they had ever done. Uh, radio stations, they'd moved out a few years ago, so there was plenty of empty space. Offices went unused. Even then, and this was back in the uh, early 90s, we didn't need all that space. So Cox has, I think, wisely sold the building for $60 million to a developer. Cairo TV will be able to stay there through 2029. But clearly the days are over when those big AM, FM TV stations, even the big buildings for newspapers, were community anchors. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. no more. So do you think this – does it matter anymore what kind of physical facility a media outlet has today? Well, well t technically, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, we can, you know, we can run a radio station out of our closet. It doesn't, you know, or a cluster. They're running clusters out of closets. It doesn't matter. What's, what's sad for me, though, is that this was part of the brand, you know, going up in L.A., but also spending a lot of time in Seattle. You know, you had the Como building. You know, they had, a, they had their own building, their own block. You know, with a helipad on top for the, for, you know, for the helicopter. And you had the same thing, Broadcast House, which was Bonneville's building, which is now Cox's building, which is where Cairo TV remains. That was a very, very, uh, it's a very beautiful building. It's very distinctive architecture. And then you had that beautiful building up Dexter where, where King was, King, King TV and King AM and FM. And that was a beautiful building. Remember going in and picking up tapes at that place? It was that oh my beautiful God. atrium. It had a waterfall that came down from the third floor, and it you was know, gorgeous. It, it was yeah. it was amazing. And they and they had, they had live television shows they produced there. They had they had the, you know studios with seats, you know, and and you know it was a big deal. <sighs> Not anymore because we don't do that anymore. And so why do we need the real estate? So between selling the towers and the real estate where the towers were, we're now selling our studios and our broadcast facilities for a ton of dough because. Frankly, we don't need that much space anymore. But it was always part of the brand in my mind. You know, it was part of the brand. You drove by Como. You drove by Channel 2. You know, that was Columbia Square. That was entertainment right there. You know, and, you know, and we have, and probably in Seattle, they have the same thing. But there are guys on Facebook that have these Facebook pages that post all these old pictures that right. were taken when these buildings and facilities and stations were lump the, the dinosaurs lumbering through the media landscape. And it's charming. I mean, I, you know, for here in L.A., it was where, you know, Jack Benny and, you know, all these other famous radio stars would perform and, and do their shows. And, uh, and, and like, oh, gosh, you're right. They're all dead. And we're getting old, and no one cares anymore. And no one cares anymore. I think that's that's a lot of it. And, you know, these stations also used to be a real hub. We have a lot of live shows. People would come into the station. They'd interact with the audience. Everything from prize pickups to having interviews with the governor. And, you know, they just don't do that much anymore. So it's, it's a sad day, and uh, we salute uh, Cox for selling the station and for hanging on to it as long as they had. But it'll be sad when they... Uh, Hit the wrecking ball into the side wall of that building because it's a. So are, a, are are they going to tear it down, Jackson? Or are they just going to redevelop it and keep the shell? 
They've announced no plans for it at this point. I, I can't imagine they would keep it, but I could be dead wrong. I know a few years ago after the earthquake, they went through and, and re reinforced a lot of the exterior walls so they'd be earthquake-proof. So <laughs> taking it down is probably going to be a hell of a challenge. They may decide to just remodel it at that point. I don't know. Yeah. But it's downtown. It's very, very lucrative property. You know, it's it, it's it's got lots of development possibilities. So. This is really, to me, an embarrassment. And I, I, if I was Town Square, I would be embarrassed. Town Square owns a radio station in New Jersey called New Jersey 101.5. And Bill Spadia, who is their morning guy, says he is drawing a line in the sand, Keith. He won't abide by, abide by Town Square's requirement to be vaccinated. Now, the final rules have yet to be set out by time, or Town Square. So my look on this is this is just it's purely self-promotion because we'll never know, frankly, whether he's vaccinated or not. One. Two, he's doing it before Town Square has implemented any formal rules. They're talking about it and saying, we're going to do it. We'll implement it over the next couple of weeks. I just think it's another example of self-serving promotion from a radio talk show host at the expense of his audience and his fellow workers. So, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm hoping you have the same opinion or, you know. We'll just argue about it. Yeah, it's 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 tiring, and we're making we're making celebrities, and they know this. We're making celebrities out of these holdouts. You know, I think it's just a you're, it's a personal decision, and you know, and and if that's the decision you're going to make, then you know you're going to lose your gig. You know, right. so we'll see you on the flip side, or you're going to die, or you're not going to get it. You're going to be one of those lucky guys that didn't get it, and uh, you know, so what? But you know, to make you know, we're making these guys in, into like celebrities either negative or positive or both i'm just i'm just so done with it. it's like just shut up and just yeah. you know just like if, if i was the manager i'd go shut up first of all if you say anything more about it you're fired right because i'm right. telling you not to say anything about it and number two is you know no one's ever going to know so you know what our policy is you're vaccinated and if you're not you're gone okay so there you go it's going to be that way but just shut up just <laughs> shut up. And, you know, telling, telling on-air personalities, particularly talk show hosts, to shut up, to not talk about something, is probably the worst thing you can say to them because that's all they want to talk about. That's all they want to talk about after that is what they've been told not to talk about. You know, it's a tough spot for a manager. And frankly, you know, I bet there's a, a, a market manager down there. It might be Rob Williams who runs Town Square, uh, New Jersey. He's probably just, he just probably, look, Make, can you just like make the decision corporately about what our policy is so I can, I can, I can get this guy off the air, please? They get into this bind because corporate's on their tail about revenue. And, you know, if they lose audience, you know, they lose their well, bonus. I mean, it just, you know, it goes round yeah, and round. But people are dying from this. And that's what I know. I but this guy, might ha this guy probably has, this guy might have a million dollars in annual uh, endorsement deals that they're going, they're pulling their hair out over, you know. Oh my God! But if we pull them off the air, we're we're not going to have the mattress firm, you know, you know, spot. You know. Yeah, I think the um, the irony of it also is that Town Square does have an out. They can put him at home, and he doesn't have to come into the office. And then I, you know, then I don't know what they're going to say other than, you know, if it if it's mandatory, you be vaccinated regardless of where you work from. Well, that would be their choice. But they do have a little bit of wiggle room, I think, on this when it gets done. Hey, uh, we're just. Um, about out of time, but we have some real interesting turmoil in staffing. 
and and I love seeing. I don't love seeing it. It just it <laughs> it reminds me of how sad it is that some really great radio jobs go begging. Yeah, and and you know we we talked about this with Lucy Rice a few weeks back, talking about how difficult it is to recruit for a sales job, but how particularly difficult it is to recruit for a radio sales job. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Audio sales job. But that's not necessarily the case, okay? I think it's more radio-specific than that. And here in L.A., there was a great example, and I think I mentioned this ad popping up on my, you know, jobs you might be interested in on LinkedIn. LinkedIn doesn't realize that I don't want one of these jobs, but they still keep pinging me with, you might be interested in this job, because it's been a while since you had a radio sales manager job, Keith. So we really think that... <laughs> you got to get off really your fired, ass and do you'd something. you really fired up about this particular gig. And, you know, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, kill me now. But here in L.A., Jeff Fetterman at Odyssey, formerly Intercom, formerly CBS, lost his G, his de- director of sales last year to a market manager's job in San Francisco. So this guy leaves, goes to San Francisco. Jeff, of course, you know, leaves the job open for a few months before he promotes from within. So he saves a lot of money, you know, saves probably three hundred grand before he hires another uh, d- director of sales to replace this guy. So he does. So he he promotes Jennifer Tobar, who was one of the GSMs at, at Odyssey here, and I think she was over K Earth or a couple of the other stations to the DOS job in LA back in April of this year, okay? She finally posts her old job on the job sites and LinkedIn specifically last um, just a, a couple of weeks ago. And I think maybe early enough, it was maybe a month ago when she finally did this. So she goes through three months of doing both jobs and saving the money of a DOS. So she finally posts the job, right? And so I get notified that this job is up on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn does something really cool. It tells you... When, how long ago the job was posted, and how many applicants that they have for the job so far on LinkedIn. Okay, right, now, There could right. be other applicants from other sources, but it's really fun to do the score sheet of how many people have pr- applied for Jennifer's old job at Odyssey Radio here in L.A., mid-Wilshire. And this is, I think it's the only job, GSM job available in L.A. right now, and it's a big job. And this, this is a top 10 ranked radio station in the biggest radio market in the world, LA. I mean, this is a this is the radio job of the month, if not the last six months, okay? She posts it. Five days later, I look at this job posting on LinkedIn. And you know how many applicants have gone through LinkedIn to apply for this job, Jackson? This well, I do, job? but you're going to tell us. <laughs> One, two, three. Three wow. applicants. Now, maybe yeah. somebody came in over the weekend. So I checked the posting again today, and there was down to one applicant. So somebody de-applied. <laughs> so it's like crazy. So anyway, so in the same posting on LinkedIn, they tell you other jobs, Keith, that you really might be interested in because you're the man. And so uh, I look up, and here's one that's a director of sponsorship sales at Amazon. That job was posted the same time Jennifer posted the GSM job, and they're 21 applicants yeah just on linkedin yeah yeah then there was another one side by side i'm looking at the whole lineup of jobs that linkedin wants me to apply for here in la and here's director of sales for the automotive category at spotify Ooh, how sexy is spotify and how many applicants after four days of being posted 31. So here's the challenge that our media buddies you know, have right now is they're up against Amazon and Spotify and, and all these other, you know, Sirius and Pandora, all these other companies that are in the audio space that are looking for management talent. It's tough. You've got to be really 
aggressive when you when you uh, 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 recruit, and you got to write some really sexy ads and really have good copy. You can't do the same old, same old as Lucy was telling us, but clearly they're doing that at Odyssey because no one's applied for the freaking job, and I really feel for Jennifer because... She's in a tough spot. She's doing her old job. She's, you know, she's getting her ass kicked by iHeart here in town and my friend Jeff Thomas over there. And she's just trying to find a new GSM. Oh, my God. It's got to be exhausting to be in, in audio space right now going up against these competitors. Yeah, it's a very interesting time. And, uh, you know, we keep looking for ideas and, and solutions. Obviously, anybody that's got an idea, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Lucy gave us some the other day, but it is a real challenge. And so, yeah. But the good news is Jennifer and Fetterman are saving salary. So they're probably saving, you know, if this job goes open for six months, boom, they've saved 100 grand. 100 right grand, there. easy. They saved 100 grand. Easy. Yeah. Yep. Good job. Well, I think we are now out of time. Uh, the, Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> Shut them up. As, as I say, we'd, we'd love to hear from anybody with comments or ideas. Either DM us or email at jackson at InTown Media. We're a production of InTown Media, and these are our opinions, and uh, frankly, they're not so humble often. <laughs> so, <laughs> Keith, where can people find Media Insultant? Uh, oh, you got to watch us on YouTube. That's the first place. You know, that's where my sister goes to see me every week. So there you go. If not that, you, if you're an audio person and you want to just listen, then obviously go to Overcast, our new favorite uh, app for a... Uh, cataloging a media insultant uh, podcasts or the audio portion anyway but audible iheart apple we're all up there and um, and just just search media insultant if all else fails go to jackson's website at intownmedia.com that's in with one n town with one n media.com and uh, and see his smiling face there we're we're well you know we can also see us there so but whatever you do Make sure that you check us out every Tuesday and Thursday because this is this is 15 to 20 minutes of pure genius. <laughs> well, then this genius is going to say, thanks for your time, buddy. I'll uh, see you next Tuesday for the next episode of Media Insultant. Take care, Jackson.